Welcome to another edition of Matt Sport House. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson. Let's jump right into it. Night at 8.30 is the NBA Draft Lottery. Now, I know that most people, because I didn't even really understand what the Draft Lottery was for the longest, so I'm going to explain it just so you have a better understanding. Uh, the NBA Draft Lottery will determine the order of selection for the first 14 picks of the 2019 NBA Draft. Drawings will be conducted to determine the first four picks in the NBA Draft. The remainder of the lottery teams will select in positions 5 through 14 in inverse order of the 2018-19 regular season records. The actual, lottery, the actual lottery procedure will take place in a separate room just before ESPN's Nationals broadcast. The NBA Draft Lottery will ensure that the team with the worst record will receive no worse than the fifth pick. Okay, so all that to say is that really the Draft Lottery, wherever you see like the numbers coming up that you'll see on ESPN tonight, that's for really the top four teams. And the five through 14, obviously, are not getting the actual best players, but those will like kind of fall in order. And this is going to be on ESPN. One thing that I did not know about the uh, Draft Lottery, though, was that it's already happens, and then they kind of tell, they let like certain uh, journalists and stuff know, and then we get to see it on TV. So by the time you see it on TV, it's already happened. So hopefully that doesn't ruin your fun. Now, one of the some of the talk surrounding the NBA draft has been that uh, if the Knicks get the first pick tonight, so if they win the lottery and get the first pick, they're going to go ahead and trade Zion once they draft him uh, for Anthony Davis. This made a lot of sense to me because the Knicks could potentially land Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. That's just through free agency if they decide to join the Knicks. And then if they draft Zion Williamson, number one, trade them to Anthony Davis, I mean, trade them to the Pelicans, they could then have Anthony Davis. So, because, okay, so right now everybody's like riding the hype train for Zion Williamson, but we think he's going to be good. Now, obviously, he's giving us a lot of reason to believe so, but we know for a fact Anthony Davis is a monster. So if you can have Anthony Davis, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant all on the same team in New York, could you imagine what New York would be like with all all three of these guys playing in Madison Square Garden for the historic New York Knicks kind of reviving the franchise? Uh, I know ticket prices would go through the roof, and they're probably already high because, you know, it's New York City. Your season ticket prices would also be... Well, season ticket sales would probably be at all-time high. And if tourism dollars... Now, you know New York already has plenty of tourists. But if tourism dollars and just people coming uh, could improve at all, this would be that. I couldn't even imagine what New York City would be like during basketball season, especially come playoff time. Because with all those guys, you know for sure they're going to the playoffs. It's been a really good time for the NBA. Like, they're letting the stars kind of lead the league. Like, in how you would expect that to be in every league is not really. Like, in the NFL, it's more so the team's. But in basketball, you could even see with the commercials, they're really like marketing their star players. And I think it's the best approach to do for professional sports. And so this is only going to help the league's publicity as a total, as a whole. Like I said, those blue chip names, it'd be great. And this also would not just affect like basketball as a whole, but it affects journalism. Because see, New York City is where a lot of the top journalists are anywhere, at least start. Like the New York Times or Washington Post. Well, not the Washington Post, but like the New York Times. And, um... With if you have like great stories, great stories come from great players. Like Kevin Durant, I don't know if you noticed, but he likes to give the media a lot of information, even though sometimes he has a love-hate relationship with them. So he gives them great stories. People buy or click on the articles via social media, Facebook, or whatever, or you know, like newspaper websites. And so it really would help the newspaper industry, the news journalism industry for these players to go. So it doesn't just affect necessarily like basketball, but it affects a lot of different other markets as well. Also, the reason on the flip side of this, we were talking about how great this would be for New York. It'd kind of be great for 
uh, the New Orleans Pelicans as well. Because with Anthony Davis leaving, if he does end up leaving, which I believe he will, it's like an end of an era. So they've had a couple years, five, six, seven years, I don't know exactly, of um, Anthony Davis. But this would mark a new era, the Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson also is box office. So now you would have everybody wants to see what he's going to do in the NBA. So you would have a lot of people in New Orleans buying season tickets, buying tickets to the game just to see him play. So it's really kind of a win-win situation for both teams. And I hope this does happen. It'll be interesting to see if it does transpire. Now, if I'm doing all this talking about Kyrie Irving getting with the New York Knicks, it probably, I don't know if you listened to the last podcast, but it probably, I was rooting for Kyrie to end up in LA. That has kind of come to a conclusion. I do not think that's going to happen. I've pretty much given up all hope. I mean, I'm going to still have a little bit of hope that it happens, but uh, Stephen A. Smith, I think it was either during Get Up or First Take, got a text yesterday whenever he was talking about it from somebody in Kyrie's camp saying that he's not really looking to go back to L.A. So I've kind of pretty much killed that. I mean, hopefully Kyrie keeps like keeps that on the table, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Speaking of L.A., I don't know if you've been following the media market, but a lot of this talk has been surrounding LeBron James potentially being uh, traded out of L.A. Because the Lakers organization is a mess with the firing. They, you know, they fired the coaches they should, but then they didn't give Ty Lue a fair opportunity. They gave him the fair opportunity, but they told him he, who he was going to have to have on his staff and wasn't giving him the amount of money that other coaches have been receiving. So he decided to leave it there. And the organization for the Lakers is probably as worse as it's ever been. And so a lot of people think LeBron's like, you know, I don't need this. and was going to pack up ship. I think LeBron came to L.A. as a final landing spot uh, before he retires. The decision was not just based off basketball, but off a of family business and where he wants to settle down for a good. And um, amongst other things, if he simply was only focused on like winning championships, like how a lot of guys are like in the prime of their career, the younger years, he would have went to Philadelphia last year because that was really the best basketball situation for him. By him going to L.A., it kind of showed you it was bigger than basketball. So I don't think he's going to uh, ask to be traded anywhere. And I think he's going to weather the storm in L.A., you know, just kind of trying to make the best out of it. Speaking of the Philadelphia 76ers, however, if I'm the GM or coach, whatever, I'm uh, making it very clear to Ben Simmons uh, during like exit interviews that he has to develop a shot before he gets back for what's it, training camp. I, think what, I know that's what they call it in the NFL and basketball. I think they call it training camp too. But anyway, when he gets back, he has to have a jump shot. Because, okay, in most jobs, if you have a weakness and it's affecting the company, you have to turn it into a strength or at least show some improvement. Otherwise, it hurts the business as overall. And the company has to move on from you. Same thing in this situation. Because see, Joel B in the last game, uh, what was that, game seven against the Raptors, was having to play like a guard on the three-point line because Ben can't score out there. And, and he kind of has to stay. And he kind of had to, Ben had to stay around the basket. And when Ben is out of the paint, defensive teams kind of are able to sag off him and dare him to shoot since he obviously doesn't do that very well. Also, teams have to double are able to double team Embiid, and if Ben is in the paint because he can't shoot, and Embiid, and Embiid is in the paint because Embiid's like seven feet, so that's natural. It gets really crowded down there, and the offense doesn't move as smoothly as it potentially could. Ben has to get uh with the shooting specialist. I know he has access to him because he's in the NBA. He's one of the top players and get that all squared away. And by him being able to shoot, it'll also take his game to the next level. I feel like, I mean, obviously, this is a, it's just tough for him because otherwise it'd be fixed. But it's something that he's definitely going to have to put pretty much all of his attention into this offseason. 
I'm sure he'll be out in L.A. with, and you know, you can always contact other players that had problem shooting at first and were able to develop their shot and get that all squared away because the 76ers, if he learns how to shoot, that team could open up tremendously because then Embiid would be able to shoot and, you know, dunk and play the post, and Ben could do that too. So that would help up their uh, offense. Hope they get that done. Otherwise, they're gonna have to, they might have to look to move on for Ben Simmons. Now to talk about these NBA playoffs. Tonight, Golden State plays Portland at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. This is the Western Conference Finals, which is the, the round right before the actual NBA Finals. KD will not be playing tonight for sure for game one or the next game, game two. So this is going to be kind of like a throwback game for Golden State before he arrived and before, like, because, you know, Boogie's still injured. A little side note here, Boogie uh, Cousins. Uh, might be his real name is Demarcus Cousins. Just to let you know, might be able to return before the end of the playoffs. So this is big news for sure. Because remember, before they had Boogie, KD, Steph, Clay, Eagle Dollars, the whole Malnine, Draymond. I hope I'm not forgetting any names. I kind of okay. So what I think that has happened is kind of was natural. It's like in life, a lot of times, let's say you're really good at something, but then we bring somebody else in. Let's let's, let's say they're on your team. You don't have to go quite as hard because you know that other person is going to like compensate for whatever like that you're not doing. You have the potential to do it, but you just don't have to at this point. I think that's kind of what happened with the Warriors. It's like Steph and Clay and those guys. I mean, Clay's been pretty solid the whole year, but Steph hasn't really had to do everything like he used to before they had KD and Boogie. But he has other great players around him, like you know, extremely great players, like potential like top ten players to ever play the game. But now that KD is out and Boogie is obviously already been out. I think he's going to like get back to his old ways of doing things whenever he was unanimous league MVP. And I think him, Steph, I think Steph, Draymond, Clay, they'll be fine. Uh, I kind of expect, okay, actually let's go ahead and talk about this Portland before we do um, well, predictions. I know for a fact though, that Damian Lillard and company will be up for the challenge of trying to beat the Warriors and uh, make their mark into, and make their way to the finals. And if I had to guess a way for them to do this, it would be to get Steph in foul trouble early. So therefore, you have to get them on the bench because now without KD and Steph on the floor, this would make things a lot harder for the Warriors. If the Trailblazers, I think if the Trailblazers won a shot at this series, they need a win Oracle in one of these first two games because as you remember, they got two games in uh, at Golden State's home court, two games in Portland, then it's 1-1-1 one, one, one after that. Then it's the first team to win four games. I kind of expect that the trailblazers will not win this series i'll give it to depending on how early kevin durant can get back i if i had to guess i would say the series would go something like four to two golden state but portland is up to the challenge with um cj mccullum and damian lillard so it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of get this thing going i think it's, it's like i said it'd be major they can win one of these games in oracle because then they go back to their home court win two and then the series potentially be three to two but we'll see what happens with that but really for the series that I've been really wanting to talk about is the Portland uh, the Portland Raptors versus, oh my gosh, I mean the Toronto Raptors versus the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this one's going to be great. You got Kawhi Leonard, who at one point was a league, was well, the finals MVP, versus the Greek Freak, who currently is probably going to be the league MVP for this season. And I think it's going to be much watched basketball. As a little side note, I'm kind of taking away from sports. I talked to a couple people who've been to Toronto, and everybody I know who's been there has absolutely loved it. And they say that if it wasn't so cold, they want to live there. The culture and the people is what, kind of what makes it stand out from what I'm told. So if you ever gotten sick of American politics and issues and you're trying to move someplace out of the country, Toronto is your place. But back to the subject, 
Kawhi's big shot over Joel Embiid, Game 7, last seconds of regulation, shook the basketball world. It was amazing. Kawhi showed some emotion, which was cool to see since it's so rare. And then shortly after, he was back to normal self when he almost walked away during the post-game interview. Uh, when Because he felt like she was asking too many questions, in my opinion. And I kind of felt like that, too, because it's like he just had this great mon- monumental moment in sports. And the journalist like asking you like questions, and then the moment dies as she's asking you questions. So like afterwards, you're ready to like go celebrate your team. And they're like, oh bro, you missed it. So I think ESPN, TNT, whoever's called the game, has to do a kind of better job with that. Maybe ask them one question, maybe two, and then we'll get the rest of the questions in the locker room. But I want to see the cel. I'm sure other viewers want to see the celebration as like the moment when the moment is pressed. Like because whatever they say can't re- really doesn't match up to like the emotion that we'll see via the video and stuff of them celebrating because i don't know if you saw but Kawhi just kind of stood there like bowling it was great it was great but back to the subject um he looked like when i saw Kawhi do that when i saw his celebration before the interviews it seemed like the net the natural order of things for him to be with for the next thing for him to do be like this is my city but Kawhi's a thinking guy so he thought wait i might be I might uh, be demanding a trade. Well, actually, not a trade. I might be going to a different team because you know he'll be a free. He'll be a free agent after uh, this season. So you didn't, you don't want to say that and then have to go back and be traded. So it's actually probably pretty good thinking on his part. I would love to see him stay in Toronto. I mean, they're they're really kind of cater around him. He's a, the city's great, like I said before. I I would really love to see him stay in Toronto. But I think what's going to happen is he's going to come to a crossroads between do I stay with what I've always known and go back to California or do I embrace this change in the city of Toronto? I'm, I'm sure Drake is going to be trying to convince him. Interestingly enough, Kawhi Leonard didn't have an Instagram. So I was about to say, like, Drake going to damn be like, yo, bro, let's meet up at uh, such and such in Toronto. Let's talk this thing out. Let's, you know, try to influence him to stay. But with Kawhi's one of them guys, you got to be involved with this camp. He's a different kind of guy. He's not really all into all the social media like everybody else. And also, just think, he he's like one of the only star players that has a, a shoe deal with New Balance. You know, everybody else is Nike, Jordan, Adidas. Maybe some guys are Puma now that Jay-Z's over there, but he's New Balance. So, interesting. See how that works out. But now, as far as uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, I like I said, I like the Greek Freak. I'm actually rooting for uh, Toronto to win the series. I feel like, in my opinion, it seems like the Milwaukee's team... I think Milwaukee will come out with the win in this series. I'm rooting for the Toronto Raptors, but I have a strong feeling that Milwaukee might come out with the win. We'll see what happens there. Um, I don't know. Kind of, I'm kind of at a standstill with that series. Like, I feel like Milwaukee's gonna win, but I'm rooting. You know, it's hard to like root for one team and then uh, be expecting another thing. But we'll see what happens there. We're gonna switch the note real quick. Didn't really talk too much about Milwaukee. I, I kind of know about them, kind of don't. I like to talk about what I know, not what I think. So we're going to switch it um, to some uh, college football slash, well, really, it's the NFL now. I didn't really do, you know, I was all big into Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray. I looked up to, uh, Daniel Jones a little bit since he was associated with the Manning family. But one guy that slept, that I was sleeping on in the, um, in the NFL draft was Drew Locke from Missouri. He ended up getting picked by the Denver Broncos. I'm pretty sure it was the second round. 
And after watching some of his game film, because I was watching the show ESPN Draft Academy, it's on the ESPN Plus like streaming service. If you can to get a chance, check it out. The show's ESPN um, Draft Academy. It's a great show. I was watching a little bit of Drew Locke, and then like you kind of was upbringing and whatnot. And then, like I said, I was watching some of his game film, and he is a solid quarterback. I think he's definitely the future of the Denver Broncos. They got um, they got currently Joe Flacco from the Baltimore Ravens. And but Joe Flacco, only one year of his money is guaranteed. So maybe he kind of trains. But I think he actually just came out an article and said that he's not going to put a lot of attention in training the next guy. I hate when quarterbacks do that, but I understand it. Because essentially you're trading the guy that is going to – you're uh, training the guy that's going to potentially replace you. But I think Joe Flacco, maybe this year, so Drew – so uh, Drew uh, – what's his name? Drew Locke can kind of understand how the NFL works, kind of like a situation with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. And then I expect by next season for Drew Locke to be the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. I like it. He's a really good, like, first of all, he's a basketball guy that, like, could decide between basketball and football. But I just like the persona he has around himself. I think he'll be ready to run an NFL franchise and be the Broncos the quarterback they're looking for since, obviously, you know, John Elway and Peyton Manning was for a couple years. But I think that Drew Locke is definitely the next guy to, like, fit that mold. He definitely has a persona to be, like, the NFL starting quarterback in a city like Denver. But that is all I have for this episode from Matt Sporthouse. For any questions, comments, or concerns, hit me up on Twitter at Matt the Chosen One. Three T's for the Matt the and then the number one at the end. Thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in next week, and I'll catch you guys next time.